God is so good. God is so kind. God is saying transition. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 11. Book of Revelation 12, verse 11. As you're turning, I just want to say how much of an honor it is to have Daniel Arceo with us today. Playing keys, leading worship. I appreciate him. There's a mighty anointing upon your life, Daniel. And the Lord wants me to tell you, I tried to tell you before church. God just said, no, I want you to do it publicly. But God wants me to tell you, he is taking you. He's taking you. The devil. The devil don't want him to hear it, but he's going to hear it anyway, because I can wait. I don't mind waiting until we figure it out. God wants you to know he's taking you into a deeper place of purpose than you've ever walked in before. The prophetic pieces are going to fall into place and the prophetic picture is going to become more clear than anything you've ever had. And he's taking you into a deeper place of purpose in your ministry than you have ever seen. Power and purpose as the anointing of God rests upon you. You've been searching for the will of God and God says he's about to lead you right directly into it. You shall know it. You shall see it. It shall be upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus. He will cause it to happen. Can you clap your hands and just receive it for our brother? A divine purpose and a divine place. I know what it's like to feel nomadic. I know what that feels like. And God is saying he's taking you and ushering you through a threshold where those things will no longer trouble you. He is good. Revelation 12 verse 11 The word of the Lord says, and they overcame him, him being the enemy, Satan, who came down with fury. They overcame him, they being the saints. Tell your neighbor, that's us. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. It's twofold, two sides of one coin. And by the word of their testimony. By the word of their testimony, they had to tell their story. They couldn't just receive what the blood did. They had to release and tell people what the blood did. So by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. That's anti-narcissism. That's where the spirit counters the culture. That's where the spirit says the world's becoming more narcissistic and self-absorbed, but I'll take my people to a place where they love not their own life to the death. And everyone will take note that you are different because you're not a narcissist. You're a kingdom-minded vessel that'll love not your life to the death. This is made new. This is made new Sunday, but I want to preach to you from this thought. Made new, obviously, but I need some of you to take hold of your testimony because you've been operating with only one side of the coin, 
And God's about to give you a boldness to take hold of your testimony. And then you're going to see the kind of vessel and the kind of weapon you can be in his hand to wreak havoc on the kingdom of darkness and bring glory to the king of kings. Clap your hands all over this house with expectancy and faith. Thank you, Jesus. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for this blessed people. Thank you for this time we have had so far in this first wave of your presence. For we know that many waves come. And we thank you for what you're doing among us. We thank you for this day. We thank you for those that have already agreed to be baptized. And for those you are moving upon right now. For there are many, and you are troubling the waters, so to speak, in their mind. And we thank you for the decision they will make to choose you today. We give you the glory for it. Let us speak with unction, and let us be stewards of the people's time. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Can you clap your hands as you're seated? Thank you so much for your worship. Thank you, worship team, for an amazing job that they did. I just want to ask you this question. How did they overcome again? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The word of it. That means the word of it had to spread. Do you know the best way to fill a church? Word of mouth storytelling. It's not social media, even though that's awesome and wonderful. It's not an awesome brand, even though we're going to do our best to do all those things with excellence. It's when you start telling people what he did for you and what he did for your sister and what he did for your brother and what he did for this person that came and got healed. It's word of mouth. Nothing, every company knows this. If you can get the story out. And you can get it trending, not just on Google and not just on Instagram, Snapchat, or Facebook. But if you can get it trending in people's mouths, if you can get the narrative of what he's done trending in the streets, we will not be able to house the people that will come looking for a God experience. I promise you that. We got to get the word out. Tell your neighbor, we got to get the word out. What word? Too many people say, I don't know how to teach a Bible study. I don't know what to say. Do you know your own story? You don't need notes for what happened to you. Tell that. Share that. Your testimony is the second part of how you beat the enemy. We can't just receive what his blood did, walk in what his blood did, and then want to hide what his blood did. And that means i got to take people and I've got to be willing to share the bloody places of my testimony. I can't hide from that. I can't get upset if it leaks. Because that's my testimony. That's my grace story. And I've got to get the word of it out. So if you're going to leak it, you're doing me a favor. Because I can't wait for them to find out, yeah, I started doing drugs at 12. Yes, I overdosed multiple times. Yes, I was addicted to just about everything. But then Jesus found me and changed my life. 
He brought me out of a pit, out of addiction, out of drug use. You hadn't heard the best part. I'm glad you heard the first. But you hadn't heard the best part yet. So we've got to be and get beyond the hiding and shying away of my love story with Jesus. If I'm going to operate in the fullness of what his blood did for me, i got to take people to the bloody part of my story. i got to share it with them. Free of shame. Because it can't legally hurt me anymore. It can't legally touch me anymore. The court of heaven said you're free from that. And we're going to get into that. So this is what it says. By the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony, of their testimony, that's how they overcame. So we haven't fully overcome the enemy if we still can't tell our story. I've been forgiven, but I'm not in freedom. God wants to take you from forgiven to freedom. Today's the last day you feel shame about your past and your story. Today's the last day you hesitate and you get upset or you get angry about the bloody part of your story. That's where his blood came and found you. That's where his blood met you. That's the most powerful part of your testimony. And that's what we're going to take hold of. Because God's going to give you a freedom and you're going to become a weapon in the kingdom of God. You've never been able to be before. Because you feel an openness to share. My friend Ben, he shared his testimony here. He wrote his testimony down. He, we sent it to Asia. It started changing lives in Asia. Person after person. Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia. Read the story. Wept. Cried. Shared the story. Passed it along in its written form and in its narrative. And people's lives were being changed. God healed this man of schizophrenia. That's like stage four cancer and mental health. Need you to understand that. Healed him completely. You would never know. He had any issues. One of the smartest people I know. You would never have a clue. But God found him. And one day on the phone, he shared it with me. And I said, Ben, my friend, you got to write this down. Because I see you on platforms and other nations sharing the power of what God did for you. And people getting chains broken off of them. The written story is already doing that. Just think what the spoken story can do. When they're in the room with the man and he shares it publicly you know what he's doing when he's doing that you know how much the devil really fought him over that he'll tell you he told us he fought such resistance in doing that do you know why because the enemy would love for you to live forgiven but not in freedom he would love for you to keep trying to make transactions in the spirit with just one side of the coin he would love for that to be your story, but that's not your story. Because God's come to expose his plan and his tactics in this house this morning. And this is the last day that you feel shame when you think about your testimony. 
from now on, you're going to feel boldness. You're going to feel freedom. And chains are going to fall off people that were just like you. It's going to lead you to people that are just like you. And you're going to tell them what he did for you. And it's going to set them free. Because somebody in your situation, no one else can connect to them like you can. When your story is analogous to their story, and when your story connects to their story, my story doesn't. I can't help them like you can. So you come alongside, put your arms around them, and you start sharing with them what God did for you. It changes everything. It absolutely changes everything. In this season, somebody needs to receive this right now. Your story will become his weapon. Your story will become his weapon. Because God is anointing you with boldness and power to share your testimony in this season of kingdom harvest. He's anointing you to do it. And baptism is a massive part of that. Absolutely massive. Your shared experience will unravel opinions and unhinge arguments. Because a person with a God experience, said Leonard Ravenhill, is never at the mercy of someone with merely an opinion or an argument about God. See, you've come too late to tell me angels aren't real. I've seen them. I've been touched by them. You come too late to tell me that's not a real thing. You've come far too late to tell me he's not a miracle working God. Because when you tell me miracles aren't legit, I can take you to a platform in India where I saw people walk for the first time. Where I saw cancer disappear. Where I saw AIDS immediately healed. Where I saw tumors the size of basketballs completely vanish instantaneously. I mean a basketball sized tumor vanished. And a woman had to catch her skirt because it vanished so fast. So you come a bit too late to tell me that the supernatural's not for today been living in it far too long by his grace you know why you can't argue with me about that because i have an experience and you're making an argument based on a vacuum you're making an argument based on what you haven't seen i'm telling you what i have seen what i have felt your marriage isn't too far gone because i've seen marriages far worse than yours be supernaturally restored so don't give up hope on your marriage. Don't give up hope on your family. Your experience can connect somebody to the supernatural. They didn't know it was possible till they met somebody that's been through it and lived it. We got to take hold of our testimony. And that starts with your baptism. It starts with an experience and an encounter with Almighty God. God wants to wash many of you from the shame of your past mistakes. Today you're getting free from the shame of it so that you can share the glory of it. You got to take people to the bloody parts if you want them to experience the glory of your story. 
They got to know how bad it was before they understand what they're even looking at right now. Because you don't look like that person that the blood hit in the bloody part of your story. So how are they going to know if you don't tell them? You should have seen me when he found me. You should have seen me crawling on my hands and knees dying of an overdose. You should have seen me then. You got to be free from the shame. Because if somebody come up and said, Tyron, man, there's a rumor going around. You used to do drugs. I would go, yeah. Like a lot of drugs. But hey, I'm glad they told you. Because now I don't have to share that with you. You already know. So now I just get to introduce you to the second part of my story. I was a certain way, and then there was Jesus, and I've never been that way again. That's the story. Just him. He changed it all by his grace, by his goodness, for his glory. But it's a real thing, and I understand it. It's an absolutely real, authentic fight. And God says, I've seen my people struggle under it for the last day. And today, I'm taking the shame off of them. I'm removing the shame of their story. And now there's just going to be the glory, my glory in their story. Because your past is erased. Tell your neighbor, it's erased. In the only court that matters, it's erased. Nobody cares what the court of hell thinks about it. That doesn't matter. In the court of heaven, your past is gone. Once you repent, he forgives you. It's that fast. The speed of light. How fast, or how long rather, did it take God to get rid of sin in heaven? How fast did Jesus say he saw Satan fall? Lightning. At the speed of light, that's how fast you're forgiven. Nothing can match the speed of light. Not even in a particle accelerator. They cannot match the speed of light. Or haven't until my recent findings and study anyway. Nothing can match the speed of light. That's how fast you are forgiven. And that's how fast your past is erased. Lightning fast. Because when you sincerely hit your knees and say, God, forgive me. What have I done? Boom. It's gone. Just like that. It's erased. Like lightning, it vanishes. And the devil comes up and says, he accuses us before God. That's what the Bible says. Every day, day in and day out, he's accusing us. He comes up and says, hey, you don't know what they did. They did this, though. They did that, though. And Jesus goes... I'm sorry, I just, I'm looking for it. 1985, yeah, nothing, just see red, just see blood. 1975, 2006, 2011, 2022, yeah, just see white, just see my past. All I can find is blood. That's why it's so powerful to say I plead the blood. I don't plead guilty. I plead the blood. 
There's power in that. That's what baptism activates over your life. Your past is a race, and God will heal you from its pain. He'll heal you from the pain of your past. But in kingdom culture, you don't legally have a past. You only have a future. You need to know that. So be free from shame. Because what you're ashamed of doesn't even exist. It can't even be found on the docket or a record or a database anywhere in heaven. It can't be found. So just share the story. Because when someone shares, and this is demonic, all right? Don't be caught doing this here. I have lead pastor's permission. Do not be caught dragging somebody's only past back from under the blood and leaving it there. If you are telling somebody's story, you better be telling all their story. Don't stop at the bad part because you don't like them. Don't stop at the bloody part before Jesus found them because you're trying to throw shade on them or slander them. We take that serious around here. Deathly serious. Because it's evil and it's mocking, it's, it's imitating the enemy when I only bring up what they did, but I don't bring up what Jesus did about what they did. That's evil. So if you're going to tell the bad part, number one, you better have permission. Because it's not your story. That's tantamount to spiritual plagiarism. It's spiritual, prophetic plagiarism to tell somebody's story without their permission. I need you to get that. Stories I tell, I have permission to tell. They know I preach. They know I travel. They know I go wherever God sends me. So they give me permission to share it. So you need permission. But if you're only going to tell the negative part, just keep your mouth shut and don't say anything at all. Because that is a sin. And God isn't pleased with that. So when someone shares, somebody does that, they share your past without permission, but they only share the dark side, and they only share the negative side, in reality, they've just set you up to bring glory to God. This is what I want you to get. Because when God releases you from the shame of it, you don't care who finds out about it. Oh, I know it's annoying and it's frustrating. But when you're free from shame and God heals you and lifts that off of you in a beautiful and powerful way and you find out about it, you just go up to the person and say, hey, I heard you heard the first part of my story. I can't wait to tell you about what Jesus did, about what I did. Because restoration is powerful. And so we have to share our grace story and our restoration story so that God can get all the glory out of our story. Amen? Clap your hands if you believe that. So when that happens, and it does, it should be seen as a setup for the supernatural and not an opportunity to reconnect with the shame God delivered you from. It's a supernatural setup. They might have meant it to hurt you or slander you or throw shade at you, 
make you look bad as a leader. But it's not, because it's going to connect people to the restoration aspect of how beautiful and powerful your story really is. It gives God more glory. So take hold of your testimony. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to take hold of my testimony. Somebody I love was facing this, going through this. And I told them, I said, look, this is what God is saying. It's going to keep happening until you learn to take hold of it. And then watch the devil shut it down on his end. And then you just keep telling it on yours. I said, but the enemy's working in darkness because he wants to keep connecting you to the shame of the bloody part of your story. And I said, it's going to keep coming up and it's going to keep coming up over here, over there, different places until you stop and say, you know what? That is my story. But that's not the end of my story. They stopped at a comma, not a period. It was just a pause, and then he happened. Jesus happened. Messiah happened. Grace happened. And I'm not that person anymore. I've been brought out of a life few people make it out of by the grace of Almighty God. Tell them that side of your story. Don't hide from it. Embrace it. God gets more glory when you embrace it. There's some people in this house, your story is going to unlock dungeons full of bound souls. I feel that powerfully and prophetically in the spirit right now. I need you to receive it. It is for you today. It is for you today. You are free from the shame of it by His grace right now. And some of you are going to come out of this place telling people. And some of you, you're going to end up traveling with me and you're going to be sharing your story at conferences and camp meetings and different places wherever God allows us to go. He's already shown me that. God wants us to share our story, our testimony. You know why? With as many as will listen. Because he's proud of his work in us. I need you to catch this. I need you to catch this part of it. And I'm moving quickly. He is proud of his work in us. And he loves our story because it's his story with us. He loves to hear his kids tell stories about how he met them and how he found them and what he did to dismiss the devil right out of their lives. He loves to hear your story because it's his story with you. It's his time with you. And when we hide it, it hurts him. If my kids didn't want to tell stories that I was in, it would hurt me. It would cause me to think in my flawed, finite mind that they were embarrassed of me. And God said, I want you to tell my people. I'm not mad at them. I just want them to know what's happening. When they get the opportunity to share it and they hide from it or they get reconnected to the shame I delivered them from, it hurts me. Because they don't get to share and they feel too encumbered 
to share, too much shame to share what I did with them and for them. It hurts him. But today is your last day to shy away because of shame. It's your last day because he's going to free you. Already chains have begun to snap and shame has already begun to back up and it's just going to keep happening in phases and progressively and incrementally. It's just going to keep removing itself from you because God is baptizing you with a boldness to tell your story, to tell your testimony and overcome the wicked one that's trying to bind you and keep you in synthetic shame. Because it's not really legal. It's not real. You're in debt with fake money. That means you really don't know it because it ain't real. They're trying to make you pay them back in Monopoly money. That's not real. It's not real. That doesn't exist. It's synthetic shame. It's not even real shame. Because you've been released and forgiven. And God is going to do for you what he did for the Egyptians. Musicians, you can come if you'd be so kind. Exodus 14. God is going to do for you what he did for the Jewish people when they were facing the Egyptian horde all around them in the book of Exodus. Water in front of them. Egypt behind them. Also water on the left and the right. Out on a point. Egypt behind them. Completely cut off. And the dialogue is almost comical with the perspective of history on our side. But watch what happens. And when Pharaoh drew near, this is where most people are. Released from Egypt, but not free from Egypt. Okay? If you haven't been baptized, this is definitely where you are. You've been released from it, but you're not free from it. And when you pass through the water, the same thing that happened to Israel is going to happen to you. And so Egypt is there. Pharaoh is there. The children of Israel lifted their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And God told me this this morning, after I read that. He said they were seeing something right. The water is a grave, and it is a tomb, but not for Israel, only for Egypt. What is a tomb for the things of this world and darkness is a womb for the things of God and light. All in one tank, all in one baptism, all in one moment. 
The water is a womb for the things of Israel and a grave for the things of Egypt. Because once you pass through the water, you'll see Egypt no longer. No longer. Egypt doesn't make it through the water. The chariots don't make it through the water. It dies in the water. Water in Hebrew starts with the letter mem. It's mayim. It means radical transformation. That's what the letter means. When you pass through the water, you're changing seasons. You're changing identities. You're changing families. You're changing destinies. The things of the world are dying and the things of the Spirit are resurrecting and springing forth to life. Some of you have been away from Him or you've been through some really dark times and the Spirit is prompting you to be rebaptized right now. And I want to affirm what the Spirit is saying to you in your spirit as you sit in this service this morning. Because what you're doing is you're saying Egypt has been on my heels far too long. I hear the mocking. I hear the chariots. So I'm going to take you to a place I know you can't get through. I'm going to take you to the watery grave of a Jesus name baptism. Because I know you can't get through the water. You don't make it through the water. Verse 13 said, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. That's the power of baptism, my friends. The Egyptians you see today is a type of bondage. Nothing against the people of Egypt. As a foreshadowing of bondage. The bondage, the addiction, the curses, the dysfunction, the debt that you see today, you will see no more forever once you pass through the water. Their perspective of Egypt was shattered. And the only way Egypt could ever enslave them again is if they voluntarily went back within their borders and surrendered to them. Egypt was never a superpower again. Not in the earth. And the only thing that could guarantee they went back in bondage is if they walked back across the border and said, here I am, I surrender. If you don't do that, you can't lose. You can't lose. Baptism is powerful. It's ancient. It's absolutely not a modern construct of Western church. It's not at all. I'll ask you this very simple question as some of you are still contemplating, considering. And we give you time and space and grace for that. Why was Jesus baptized? Because it certainly wasn't because of sin. 
It certainly wasn't because of repentance, even though John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Jesus did not need to repent. He had done nothing wrong. He was perfect. And it was more than just the profoundly oversimplification that he did it as an example to us. Everything he did was an example to us. He's perfect. He didn't just pray because it was an example to us. He prayed because he needed to. Because the flesh part of the God-man needed the supernatural power of heaven that prayer connects you to. In order to fulfill his purpose, he had to be baptized. Think about that nothing to do with sin, nothing to do with just being an example. It was very necessary for John to baptize Messiah because baptism has always been about transformative spiritual progression. And Jesus had levels of transformation even he needed to take his own flesh through. And without baptism, that transitional growth wasn't possible at all. If Jesus couldn't enter his purpose properly without baptism, what chance do we have? It's about being connected to purpose. Spiritual growth. If you've not been baptized because you think it's about works, then do it because it's about growth instead. Because I promise you it is. John 3 and 5 says very clearly, unless you are born again of the water and the Spirit, you can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's essential for progression and growth and be connected to your purpose. It's essential for stepping beyond the shame of your story so that you can share the glory, His glory, that's in your story. So for all of you in this house, if you've never been baptized or if it's been quite some time, you've had a lot of life progression, transition, setbacks, pitfalls, and you want to be rebaptized just to signify the special occasion of a season in your life, that is okay.